Praise the Lord, everyone. God is so good to us. Man, you know, I love the fact that we get to live right now. Not a hundred years ago. People, uh, you know, I heard somebody the other day that mentioned, said, man, I, I think I was born in the wrong generation. I would like to have been born a hundred years ago. And somebody made a comment and said, well, you know, the life expectancy was only like 54. So it's like, no, I don't think I want to live back then. Uh, I, I like it now. We were talking about the other day, my, my grandchildren have no concept, no idea what it's like to miss a TV show and not get to watch it for an entire year. Because you, you remember when, when like Frosty would come on and you're like, woo, got to be there for Frosty to come on. And then when Frosty comes on, it's like, all right, we get to watch it. But now they can just order it online. It's there, on demand. Isn't it great? Don't you love that? You know, we get put out of uh, place when we go to the grocery store. I don't know if you do, but I do. I go to the grocery store and I'm wanting a, a specific item. And I want that Hershey's bar. I want that one. And I look, and it's gone. And I feel displaced. I feel like, how dare they? Even though there's 15 other brands right there. We live in a great time. Life expectancy is longer. There, we're not working seven days a week. We're not working 12 to 14 hours a day. We actually have time off. I mean, there are some amazing things that, that happen in, in the last hundred years. And we are living in an amazing time. You know what's so amazing about it? God chose you to live right now. He didn't choose you to live 100 years ago. He didn't choose you to live in the 50s or the 60s or the 70s. God chose you right here today, right now. And he has equipped you and prepared you to be the church for today, right now. He thinks so much of you and how he has gifted you and, and given you talent and, and ability and, and, and the heart that he knows that you are the church of today and his church is going to thrive and grow and, and, and build and he has put all of his confidence in you. Would you look over at somebody and say, God trusts me? Go ahead. All right, 12 of you believe that God trusts you. God trusts you. He believes in you. Um, but I, I believe that even in this great time that we live in, I, I, I think that, that we as the church aren't using all of the tools that are at our disposal to, to stand up and to stand out in the world. I like that. There are so many tools available. My grandfather would tell you that the only thing you needed to fix a car was a pair of pliers and, and bailing wire. A bailing wire has now been replaced with duct tape. You know, you can, you can use your shoe to hammer a nail. 
I've done it. My mom has used her shoe to correct me. And pretty much everything else that she could find at, at arm's length. But the reality is you can use a shoe to, hand, to hammer a nail, but it's not good for the nail, and it's definitely not good for your shoe. If you use the right tool, amazing things happen. I mean, you can, you can fix a, a car with a, with a pair of pliers, but have you ever tried to get a bolt that doesn't want to come off with a pair of pliers? If you've seen a 12-year-old boy's bicycle and, and the back tire's been taken off so many times with a pair of monkey grips that there's, it, it's just round. There's no grooves. You can't use a socket on them anymore because that's, that's what you do when you're 12. You use what you have where you're at. But the reality is there are so many tools available to the children of God that, that I believe that we don't use them as much as what we need to. And I want to talk to you today about some of the gifts of the Spirit. I know that's scary, that's daunting, that's woo, you know, ethereal somewhere out there. I want to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. God gave the, the gifts of the Spirit to the church to bless the church, to increase the church, to develop the church, for the church to utilize them so they can be fully equipped and to be able to stand out and stand up in a world of darkness to be the light of the world. In a, in a world that has no flavor to be the salt of the earth. We need every tool available. Uh, if you have a Bible or if you don't, there's one right in front of you. If you hurry, you can grab it before the person next to you does. Uh, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're going to be going through 1 Corinthians 12. When you look at 1 Corinthians, it's in an amazing church. Corinth was a wild city. A lot of paganism. A lot of, uh, let's say, abundant life. A lot of things that, that we would not consider Christian. It was a very immoral place. But it was vibrant and, and people would try pretty much anything and and when and when Paul came and the church was birthed in Corinth it began to grow and explode and 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 they they embraced everything that the church had to offer including all the spiritual gifts and they abused them and you say well how dare they Hey, they were using them. I would rather have somebody abuse something and be able to use and correct them than never use it at all. And Paul is not, he's not talking to the church in Corinth and saying, guys, you're using these gifts wrong. They're not your gifts. Get, it, get them away. What he is speaking to is, here's, here's how the gifts come to the church, and here's the motivation and here's how to use them properly. See, you can't, you can't look at chapter 12 without looking at chapter 13, and you can't look at chapter 13 without looking at chapter 14, because 12, 13, and 14 are one conversation. So when you're reading them, read the three chapters together. This is what Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 31. He said, 
earnestly desire the greater gifts. And I will still show you a more excellent way. I love that. Earnestly desire. Earnestly desire. Really intently desire. Have you ever desired something? I mean, the other day, I was desiring a Reuben sandwich. You know what I'm talking about? You feel the Lord in that? You know, when that, when that sauerkraut is just right. And that mustard sauce, whatever they, they make from heaven that they put on it. And I like it when you cut it and you pick it up and it drips down your arm. Oh, I was wanting one of those the other day. But what was available to me was a crescent roll. Now, a crescent roll's good sometimes, but it's not a Reuben sandwich. Have you ever noticed that, that sometimes in, in the things that you want, no matter how many other things are around you, you want that one thing. You're desiring it. There's something in you that really longs for it. And this is what Paul is trying to express to the church of Corinth. He says, guys, here's what I want you to do. I want you to earnestly desire. I want you to crave. I want you to set your heart on this. I want you to be deeply concerned about this. I want you to show great interest and zeal in acquiring gifts. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that amazing? His focus was uh, that our hearts are to be focused on achieving the gifts of the Spirit in our, in our lives and, and to crave the gifts of the Spirit in our life. And when you look at spiritual gifts, you'll see them mentioned in the New Testament three different times. In all three different times, they have, they have different gifts mentioned some of them are, are similar and some of them are different in each, in each one of those lists. So it lets me know that, that not every list mentioned in Scripture is complete. In fact, I believe that, that there are gifts of the Spirit that perhaps are not mentioned in Scripture because it is the work of the Spirit in your life. So, but we do know that the ones that are mentioned in Scripture are there. And they are not mystical, and they're not shrouded by darkness. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12.1. 1 Corinthians 12.1, here's Paul, and he's beginning this, and he says, Now the spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. I love that word, ignorant. It's a lot better than stupid. My grandchildren cannot say stupid. That's one of the words they cannot say. So my five-year-old grandson does not use the word stupid. He just says stoop. Because he's not saying id. He says, I don't want you to be uninformed, is what Paul is trying to say. We can, what he is implying is we can understand the spiritual gifts within the church. It's very simplistic. He's not being shrouded in mysticism or or. or or vagueness, or, or we're not looking through uh, uh, a dark uh, glass where we can barely see. He's saying you can understand the spiritual gifts within the church. They don't need to be difficult, or scary, or daunting, or fearful. 
Let's go on and look at verse 2. You know that when, we were pag- when you were pagans, I love that word, pagan too. There's a lot of words I like today. Have you noticed that? Uh, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray by to mute idols. He's saying, listen, when you didn't serve Christ, when you didn't know God, when you, when you were in the world and you weren't part of the church, you served things that did not speak. But what he's saying is God does speak. And God uses the gifts of the Spirit to speak to the church. Let me me hang out there for a moment. Because this is where people get worried. Say, well, is there extra biblical things? Let 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 me explain what the gifts of the Spirit are for. The gifts of the Spirit are to minister to the church at a moment in a particular time. They will never ever, 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 ever go against the written word of God. They will always be uplifting, edifying, and encouraging. That's why Paul said, though we or an angel from heaven or any other person preach another gospel, let him be cursed. It will never go against the word of God. But the word of God is is for us. The word of God is tells us to be honest, to be pure, to be righteous, to follow after Christ. If you notice the spiritual gifts, the spiritual gift of wisdom or the spiritual gift of knowledge are are for a particular time at a particular moment. Perhaps a body of believers is going through a difficult time and the Holy Spirit speaks to one person and gives them the wisdom and and they pronounce it and the church moves in that direction and God blesses but it will not go against the word of God. It will not be an immoral or amoral decision. It will be a godly decision and it will align directly with the word of God. Does that make sense? Okay, spiritual gifts don't need to be difficult. The spirit always endorses and it always aligns. It always agrees with the written word of God. You cannot go away from the written word of God. 1 Corinthians 12, 3. Therefore, because because God speaks to his people, therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So what he, what he is helping us understand that, that no one that is being used by the Holy Spirit will cause any harm to the honor and glory of Christ. You cannot use a spiritual gift. A spiritual gift will not be used to dishonor Christ when it's Christ that they're there for to honor the church is the what? The body of Christ. It's not my body. It's not your body. It's not the body of the, of the alliance. It, it's the body of Christ. And Christ would never do anything to hurt his own body. So you can't say no matter what the gift is, it's always going to endorse and acknowledge not only in glorify Christ, 
but acknowledge him as Lord, as supreme, as holy, as just. It's never going to put a, a, a blemish on Christ, nor is it going to lower his status. He has to be King of kings and Lord of lords. And if anybody, I don't care what it is, I don't care which gift it is, if any gift is being used and it, and it brings dishonor to Christ or it, it elevates somebody else, then it's not of God. So how do they work? This is pretty cool. Don't, don't you like to know how things work? I, don't you like to tear things down and then have somebody else put them back together because you forgot how to put them back? We like to take things apart because we like to see how they work. How do they work? The, the gift of the Spirit is, is exactly that. It's a gift of the Spirit. You didn't earn it. It's just a gift. And, and keep in mind, there is only how many spirits? One. There's one Spirit. And that, that Holy Spirit is working in your life. And they absolutely come. They work through simple obedience in your life. In, in Acts chapter 9, you, you see uh, uh, there was a disciple named Ananias, and, and Ananias was praying, and in a division, the Lord uh, spoke to Ananias and said, I want you to go down to the street named Straight, and there's a guy named uh, Saul of Tarsus, and he's over there praying, and I want you to pray for him, and when you pray for him, I'm going to heal him. Right? Did the Lord say, Ananias... My spirit's going to come upon you. Angels are going to carry you down there. People are going to see an aura of holiness around you. And when you walk in, people will say, surely that's a man of God. And you're going to lay his, your hands on him and he is going to float three feet in the air. It just simply says this, Ananias, do like I'm asking you to do. Go down and pray. And when you pray, I'm going to heal him. Notice there is nothing else mentioned about Ananias in the scripture other than he heard from God. He acted on what God said and God did it. The gifts of the Spirit are designed for right now, right this moment, in this situation. And it comes through simple obedience. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit and I'm going to say I don't believe that any gift of the Spirit resides in you and you can use them at will. If that were true, we've said it before, but if there were true faith healers, I would say let's go down to ORMC and let's empty that bad boy out. But, does God heal? Yes, he does. I've seen it. It comes through simple obedience to what God is speaking to you. I think I've shared this with you, but it's a very simple illustration. We were in, in, in service years ago. I, I was an usher in the back, and I was just standing there minding my own business, worshiping the Lord, and I heard the voice of the Spirit say, go tell that, that lady over there that everything's going to be okay. And I thought, I need to do that. So we're, we're singing, and, and, uh, and this was a, a Pentecostal church, so 
we were singing a long time. Uh, so so I, I walk over and, and I spoke to her and I said, Deidre, I feel like the Lord spoke to me and said, everything's going to be okay. I have never seen anybody break down so fast in my entire life. She just started crying and sobbing. Then she hugged me and got my jacket all wet. And then she told me, when I was leaving for church, my husband said, I'm leaving you. I will not be here when you get back. I didn't know that. Nobody in the congregation knew that. But God knew that. And have you, did you notice that, that she could read the word of God and the word of God says that I will never leave you nor forsake you that I will always be there. That is a universal truth written in the word of God. But that spiritual gift, that, that gift of whatever you want to call it, whether it was a, a word of knowledge that, that you could just go over and speak life into that person. It was reaffirming that the word of God is true and and that God will not leave her. See, the gifts of the Spirit are really just when God's people begin to open up and begin to minister to one another. I, I, I love it when it says that you need to desire the greater gifts greater gifts. That means that some are lesser, some are greater. Some are of more importance, some of are lesser importance. And in, in, in chapter 14, Paul goes on and says, you know, I want you to continue with love, but I, I really want you to really focus on prophecy or, or, or uh, proclaiming the gospel. Being able to speak into other people's lives. I, I, I find it amazing that there, are, that there are some gifts that are more beneficial than other gifts. The church in Corinth was uh, abusing the, the gifts of tongues and, and interpretation within the church, and Paul corrected them and said, okay, here's how to do it. Do it decently in order and all that. And, but for some reason, of all the gifts, we, we always focus on, on those that are like pronounced. And, and, and if you look at it, if they are in any kind of order, those would be the ones on the bottom. Wisdom and faith, healing are all on top. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that amazing? And you say, well, what does that mean, Pastor? Well, Paul said to earnestly desire. Earnestly desire. And I know there's, there's teachings within the, the Christian church. Uh, um, there's cessationists, which believe, believe that the gifts have passed. There's sensationists, which believe that you need to exhibit them openly and demonstrative every single service. And then there's realists that believe they're there, they're real, and we need to use them correctly. But in our day and time, you say, well, why, why, are, you, why are you teaching on this? And I know I'm not preaching, I'm teaching more. It's because we live in a day and time where society worldwide is pushing on humanity and trying to conform them into something that is not of God. 
And if we really want to stand up and stand out, it's not going to be standing outside uh, with a picket sign saying we believe this or we believe that. It's going to be when we really begin to open up the toolbox, begin to use every tool that's in that toolbox, and we begin to minister to one another and bless one another, and we become the light of the community, and the community sees that the needs uh, of God's people are being met, and it brings them to that let me get to the to the place let me get to the place where I want to be and then we're going to then we're going to close in in 1231 he says yet I want to show you a more excellent way he's not saying I want to show you a better way than than using the gifts he's connecting and he said I want to show you a more excellent way to use these gifts other than just desiring them coveting them and wanting them and he goes on and in chapter 13 if you look at chapter 13 and read read it from this perspective read it read chapter 13 from the perspective of this should be your motivation for any and every gift of the spirit though i speak with tongues of men and angels and i have not love though I can feed everybody and have not love. You see, Paul was bringing it all home and is saying, listen guys, anything that the Holy Spirit does and wants to use in your life, the motivation is going to be, needs to be, love. Love for your brother and sister in Christ that you love so much that you will have compassion scripture always says that when before Jesus uh, performed any miraculous event event he he said he was moved with compassion but but compassion compassion is really loved moved to action you see somebody and you see them hurting and, and then you really want to see them out of that pain and you're moved. And Paul's saying if you really desire a, a, a gift in your life, if you really desire one of, one of the spiritual gifts, whether it's hospitality or blessing or faith or healing or wisdom or knowledge or whatever it may be, if you're earnestly desiring it, desire it, desire it because of love, because you want to minister and bless other people. Let me ask you this. I'm going to ask our praise team to come back. What do you, what gift are you desiring? Well, Pastor, I don't, I don't desire any of them. Well, there you go. Yeah, I'll never forget the lady that told me, said, Pastor, I, I don't mind the gifts of the Spirit, but I don't ever want to speak in tongues. And I said, don't worry about it, you won't. Don't want the gift of wisdom? Not going to get it. In fact, it all comes through simple obedience. They don't reside in you. But it's when the Spirit prompts you and you're obedient to the Spirit 
then the Spirit works through you because they are the Spirit's gifts, not yours. You say, well, what, what gifts do we have? What gifts are prevalent? Well, there are a variety of gifts in, in, within this church. Let me read to you several weeks ago, at the beginning of summer, we had a barbecue. You remember that barbecue we had out between the, the, the two houses? Wasn't that a great time? During service that Sunday morning, we had a, a young lady that was visiting, uh, Bella. And she, and she came, and, and then we invited her to the, the barbecue. She came down and, and ate lunch with us and stuff. And then she went on her way. Yeah, maybe many of you remember her. Well, we received this letter this week, and it was from Bella, right? And this is what she said. She said, Dear Alliance family, I hope this note finds you well, pursuing God and encouraging one another. Thank you for welcoming me into your church and to your summer barbecue picnic as I was passing through. Your prayerful hearts, open arms, and thoughtful curiosity made me feel welcome and at home. I loved getting to know all of you. It was a day in my life when God made his presence very known. I think of you guys often and I pray for you for the past, present, and future. You say, well, well, wait a minute, that was just a girl passing through. Yeah, and yet there were many that showed the very gift of hospitality and generosity. And you did it through love. You say, well, those aren't gifts. Yes, they are. I've met people without them. And so have you. And you say, well, well, what gifts do, do I need in my life? Well, which gifts are you desiring? Do you want to bless others? Do you want hospitality? Earnestly desire it. Seek it. Pursue it. Pursue it in love because you see a need in the world around you and you want to minister to your brothers and sisters because you are so moved with love for their lack of, that you want to be able to be moved with compassion and allow the Holy Spirit to speak through you and to minister through you to be a blessing to somebody else. The Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit are not hard, they're not difficult. They always exalt Christ. Never is man exalted. We're just the vessel that the Holy Spirit works through. Would you stand with me? As we sing this last song, I wonder if, uh, if we could think about all the, uh, the gifts that, that you know of in Scripture. And ask yourself, when's the last time that I sought God out of love for my brothers and sisters for a spiritual gift? If you've never done that, think about the needs of those around you. Then ask God to help you bless them.
And when he speaks to you, don't expect to be overwhelmed by this amazing presence of God that's going to rise you out of your seat and go minister to somebody. It's never that way. It's always a still, small voice that says, bless that person. Talk to that person. Encourage that person. My prayer is that that all of the gifts of the Spirit would abound in us. And I want to put a challenge before you. Look at, at what the Lord can do through you and ask Him to bless you and then look for opportunities for Him to minister through you. Father, we come before you.